Welcome into DMVR Bucks Post Game, presented by the Colorado XOs. I'm Henry Chisholm. I've got Ben Girding here with me, and we're about to talk about what just happened in that Buffs game because it was awesome. Uh, Colorado beat UCLA 70 to 61 in Boulder tonight, and again, it was just awesome. And Ben, we're gonna just jump straight into the biggest takeaways. Um, I'll go first. McKinley Wright. Like I, there was a moment tonight about two or three minutes into the game where I just realized that McKinley Wright was not going to let this team lose. Like he was a man on a mission tonight in a way that we've gotten to see a few times throughout his career, but not very often the way he was tonight. I I think at halftime he had 19 points on eight of 11 shooting. He, he was the only player for Colorado that had made multiple shots and he also, I mean, the Buffs were only down one against the number one team in the Pac-12, a team that they wound up beating. What did you think of what Ken did tonight, Ben? I, he willed this team to victory. I mean, you said it yourself. It was or it was evident early on. McKinley Wright was not letting Colorado lose. And look, they were down at points. They were down at half. But it was clear from really the start, McKinley Wright was taking this game. He was taking control. You know, I, I dropped it in our, our members' Discord, uh, you know, because people were like, you know, Ken is on one right now. And I said, you know, don't you guys remember senior night? And, you know, shout out Fly by Singus said, well, it didn't work out for him in, in a golf tournament. Playing juiced up on senior night in golf might not do it. But senior night is, it, it's just got a different atmosphere. And yes, they're going to play another home game. But this has been advertised as a senior night. These guys' parents are in the building, and as the only fans, you know, you're playing for your folks, and you're playing for each other. And McKinley Wright, this was his chance. This was his time to really take over, and he did it. I mean, he did it beautifully. Filled up the box score, 26 points on 10 of 16 from the field, two for three from deep, five rebounds, six assists. There are – look, we've been covering this team for a while now, you and I. What adjectives can we use to describe McKinley Wright that we haven't already? He's incredible. He's sensational. He is a leader. Uh, I'm going to say it. His jersey needs to be in the rafter sooner rather than later. I don't think any Buffalo should wear number 25 again. Uh, and, and I know that's a big deal. Um, I know that's a, a huge thing to retire a number in, in, in any college sport. But what he's done over the last four years statistically, it it's unheard of. Get, get this man's jersey in the rafters, and, and and let's just go from there, starting the conversation for his legacy. Yeah, he, he absolutely earned it. He absolutely earned it. I uh, it, It's just so much fun to watch. And, and, you know, I talked about on the Buffs podcast earlier this week, you know, how it kind of just hit me recently that it's almost over. Like, we're just about to the end of this whole thing, and we're lucky that this wasn't the last game of the season. I mean, I guess it wasn't supposed to be. They were supposed to play that game against Utah tomorrow. But for the last month or so, this was supposed to be the last game of the year for Colorado, up until the tournaments at least. And it just feels so good to know that there is one more on the way. And as much as that did feel like 
Honestly, it would have been a good performance for Ken to go out on to, to do what he just did against the team that he just did that to. But Remy Martin's up next. And I'd be lying if I haven't been thinking a whole lot about what's about to come on Thursday in Boulder. Oh, That's going to be so much fun. I'm That's so going to be so much fun. And look, we're, we're going to spend this almost entire time talking about UCLA. But I want to bring up Remy Martin and ASU real quick because they beat the Washington State Cougars today in overtime. Arizona State won 77-74. Remy Martin who was projected by many national analysts uh, to be a potential player of the year, first-team All-American today, 23 points, very solid, on 7 of 23, including 3 of 13 from deep. You already know who my money is going to be on in that matchup of, of some solid point guards, not to discredit Rami Martin too, too much, but the, it's it's going to be a, a great game for sure. But like you said, you know, Saturday night, you know, you complete the home sweep of the L.A. schools at the end of the season. And, look, winning a conference tournament in the regular season now, yeah, there, there is still a, a mind-boggling amount of things that need to go right, including a lot of Oregon losses. But that just – that doesn't matter to me at this point. This team is getting hot, and they're playing very good basketball when it matters. And even tonight when a lot of their offense was struggling for a good chunk of the game, it didn't matter because they were playing – to to their strengths against UCLA and look it was a fist fight for sure and it, it got sloppy at points but also there was very smooth points of basketball too and quite frankly that's just what happens when you go up against a Mick Cronin led team there's going to be points where it's just a fist fight in the mud there's going to be other points where it's very clean and you just need to come away on top this is a game where it doesn't matter how you won you got in there got the victory and now you can move on to the next one again they're going I, I mean they're running hot right now uh, and, and doing so at the perfect time. Seriously, they, they are looking like the team that we want them to be. You know, because all year we've said the team needs to go through McKinley Wright. And and it's not even all year. It's been for like four years. Everybody's been saying that. It's been obvious. Nobody's saying it because it is so obvious. But it does feel like tonight we did get to see just a little bit more of that. We did get to see this just be Ken's game. And, and if he wants a shot, he gets a shot. If he doesn't want it, then he gets to decide who gets that shot. And, and when that happens, I think that Colorado plays its best basketball. And I think that it, it's no coincidence that that's what's happening late in the season. You know, it, it, oh, let me see these stats. I got that wrong. 37 minutes for McKinley Wright tonight. And he's been playing close to 40 all year, but that's really close to 40. And I think that when push comes to shove, which it almost has, Really push comes to shove next week, I guess. That's probably like 38. And, and you just cannot justify any more. But to see this team kind of go through all of the things that they've gone through this season and then get to this point, I, I think that you have to feel good about it because, you know, I was actually thinking during the game tonight, I would love to go back and watch that Tennessee game just because I, I want to know what that looks like. Like in my mind, Colorado looks totally different right now than it looked back then when that game happened back when they scheduled it at the last minute and hit the road and wound up getting blown out pretty much. Maybe I'm wrong though. Maybe I'm getting caught up in the moment, but it does feel like all these pieces are coming together. No, you're not wrong at all. I I mean, that, that is, that's absolutely spot on. I mean, that look, that Tennessee game was, was worlds ago. I mean, Back then, Tennessee was the better team. Right now, I don't think they are. And, you know, that, that's a conversation on national basketball for another day. But the point is, it, it's great to think about, 
you know, some of those early season matchups. And it would have been great to see, you know, again, from that national scale, Gonzaga versus Baylor early on that got canceled. But quite frankly, that doesn't matter because it is really from February 15th on who's hot. Who's right? Who, who are you going to put your money on? Who's who's ready to ride? And this time, this exact time, just last season, it was the UCLA Bruins. They were a team that really struggled in non-conference play. And again, it's not a one-for-one -one comparison, but they're, again, a team that's really struggled early on. But Mick Cronin really whipped his guys into shape in late January, early February. They went on a run. UCLA, I'm confident, they would have won that Pac-12 tournament. They realistically could have made a Sweet 16 run in last year's March Madness had it happened because they were just firing on all cylinders. Chris Smith was rolling. And so yeah, right now, it's easy to believe, you know what, screw it. Why can't the bus be in the Sweet 16? They just took care of USC, took care of UCLA, two very good teams. I don't know where the metrics are going to have them tomorrow morning, but this is going to be another quad one win, should be another quad one win at least. I'm not, mm -hmm. I'm not quite Absolutely. sure. I mean, they're number it, one in the Pac-12. It's got to be. It's, you, you would hope, but you know how much everybody hates the Pac-12. Um, and, yeah. and real quick, as a quick aside, everybody hates the Pac-12 so much that they don't even know who they are. The announcers right, had no clue who the Buffs regular starters were. Joe Lenardi comes on and forgets Oregon is going to make the uh, – it's a fiasco, but yeah. you're absolutely right. Hit the nail on the head. This is a different team than it was when it played Tennessee. This is a different team than when they lost to Cal. It, it, college basketball so much in the moment. What can you do? And right now, it's all aboard the hype train. I mean, let, let's get going. And actually, real quick to tie up this tangent, with what USC went through and with Stanford continuing to lose, the, the Pac-12 player of the year conversation, I think, is three guys. It's McKinley Wright, Evan Mobley, and Oscar De Silva. Look, Oscar De Silva is not going to win it if Stanford can't even crack March Madness. So I don't think Agreed. it's going to be him at this point. So I really do think it's between Evan Mobley and McKinley Wright. This is a statement win. If you're McKinley Wright, 26 points over the league's best team, I would not be surprised if this really bumps up his stock and could get him a little bit more, uh, some personal accolades moving forward. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, this is not just tonight. I mean, it, it, it's a great game for Colorado to beat UCLA by nine points. It would have been cool to be able to say double digits right there. But, you know, they actually did beat USC by double digits on Thursday by 18 points. Having seen Colorado just take down the two best teams in the Pac-12, at least on paper, at least when you look at the standings, and also when you look at the rankings, what people are saying about the tournament, all that stuff, the two best teams in the Pac-12, I mean, the hype, again, I know you're saying like a Sweet 16 run isn't unreasonable, but I feel the exact same way. You know, nothing is off the table right now, and... I've been seeing some betting odds on the Pac-12 tournament that have really favored Colorado. I think last time I checked, DraftKings was um, plus 300 for Colorado, plus 300 for UCLA, uh, plus 155 maybe for USC. So tied for the second best odds. I've seen other sports books post that Colorado's the favorite. As crazy as that can kind of sound when you think back to some of the things that have happened this season with the loss of the Utah and... Washington and we don't need to go down that road but it's just it's just so cool to be at, at this point right now with this team having all sorts of potential in front of it you know the Pac-12 tournament the NCAA tournament it's going to be fun and I don't want to spend too much time talking about last year but just to prove how much fun this year is going to be just imagine what yeah last year would have been you know we got to see the Pac-12 tournament 
I know I personally was kind of dreading that first NCAA tournament game. In the same way, I kind of dreaded that first Pac-12 game. Right. That team was not ready. This team, to me at least, appears to be absolutely ready. You know, you have the free throw shooting. Um, The three-point shooting wasn't there tonight, but the turnovers were in great shape. They've been in good shape the last few games. Mm-hmm. Ben, pick one flaw with this team that you think, I mean, unless you're saying they're going to be national champions, something's going to undo them. What undoes them? Yeah, it, it's going to be the, the the shot from the outside. It when, when they're just and you can really tell early on what I mean. You you can really tell early on what the pace of the game is going to be. You know, and in this game, the reason they were able to get away with a lower three point percentage is because going up against UCLA, it just didn't matter as much. That is not going to be a similar narrative against even a team like Arizona State, let alone when you start talking about the field in the NCAA tournament. So tonight, 5 of 15 from 3, UCLA 5 of 13. So really even in that regard. But when McKinley Wright is your best three-point shooter in a game, it's like you love it, but you hate it. You love to see him hitting. You love to see him shooting confidently. But at the same time, after Dry Horn just dropped a double-double, you kind of were hoping a little bit, uh, you know, he could could come back and and splash in some more. But – that's really where this team lives and dies because you're right. All the other things that they're doing, free throw percentage, turnovers, they're all in a spot where, yeah, if they improve, it's great, but they don't really need to. I mean, they're already hitting at such a great clip. Uh, so it, if they are able to find some level of consistency on the outside, and we've seen it before. Where was it? It was a three or four game stretch when they were over damn near 45% throughout the entire game. That is, or not the entire game, throughout that entire stretch. If they find that during just the first weekend of the tournament, whoo, we're dancing. And, you know, they're they're mm-hmm. dancing far. So it's all, again, about really how you feel about, you know, what arena you're in and, and how you feel about the Rams. But if, if they can figure that out and just get it a little closer to 40% every night, I'm, this team realistically does not have enough flaws outside of that where, where I can point to and say that's going to be their Achilles heel. Seriously. Um, we've got a lot more to talk about, including the fact that, well, it's great news that Colorado beat UCLA. There was some other good news today, and it means that the path to a Pac-12 regular season title is technically still alive. Um, we're going to talk through that stuff. We're going to talk through the rest of these games, um, what's on the way. But first, got to take a quick break. And while I do that, if you guys have any questions, send those questions in. We'll get to all those. Like and subscribe on YouTube. Uh, we really appreciate that. Um, but... First, Ben and I are going to tell you about how much we love Hassle Cattle Company. Hassle Cattle is just great. They're they're located in Texas. They're an American company that ships all over the United States. And actually, they have some shipments that go outside the United States as well. But what they do is make the best Wagyu beef that any man or woman can afford. Usually, Wagyu beef is really tough to get your hands on. It's expensive. It's tough to find in the first place. Hassle Cattle Company makes it easy. They'll ship it straight to you. They make it as cost efficient as is possible. And to me, as somebody who, you know, 24, first job, it's not like I make huge amounts of money. I got to I gotta pay attention to that kind of stuff. And when I looked at the website, I was really impressed. And I think that you probably will be too. Uh, they've got uh, Wagyu smoked sausage, New York strip, beef bacon, Wagyu Frank without any fillers, a couple of different jerky flavors, their hamburger, One Food Network's Northeast Burger Jams. So make sure you check them out. HassleCattleCompany.com. That's H-A-S-S-E-L-L CattleCompany.com. And use that code uh, DNBR10 for 10% off your order. DMVR 10, 10% off. It's a great deal from Hassle Cattle Company. Make sure you take advantage of that. 
Also, uh, want to give a quick shout out to DraftKings. They make so much of what we do here at DMVR possible. And they have a pretty awesome offer that's still going right now. It's kind of your last chance to get in on it. So if you are not a DraftKings Sportsbook user, download the app now because new customers can bet $1 on any team to hit a three-point jumper in any basketball game this week. And if your team makes it rain, you get to cash $100. Again, that's a $1 bet on any team to hit a three-pointer in any basketball game this week. And you will cash $100 if they just make that one three-pointer. It's a no-brainer. It's a great deal. If you're not big on basketball, then what are you doing here? But also, they have hockey and soccer and so many other sports that you can be betting on. Um, and they paid out over $7 billion to their customers since 2012. So they know a thing or two about big paydays. Paydays. Uh, so download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DMVR to get your shot to turn $1 to $100 when you bet on any team to hit a three-point jumper in any basketball game this week. That's promo code DMVR for new customers to get a shot at 101 odds on any basketball team to hit a three-point shot. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. Winnings paid out in four twenty-five dollars free bets. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. All right. So let's just jump in. And I'll start with the easy stuff. So USC lost tonight, which means... Colorado is still technically alive in the Pac-12 title race. The bad news, Oregon won tonight, which means that there is exactly one path, one path remaining for Colorado to be the Pac-12 champions. And we are going to cling to that path as long as we possibly can. Um, So here's what it looks like. First of all, they had to beat UCLA tonight. They did that. Now there are six games left. Uh, They need to beat Arizona State. They need Stanford to beat USC. They need USC to beat UCLA. They need Oregon to beat UCLA. You need Arizona to beat Oregon. You need Oregon State to beat Oregon. That's the only one that you look at and say, seems like a stretch. Everything else in there, possible. Do you expect to hit all six? Absolutely not. But <laughs> at least we have something fun to root for over the last week of Pac-12 basketball. Um, ben, I'll throw this to you now. In terms of just the best basketball teams, not in terms of who's going to finish on top, how how does Ben Palm rank the top of the Pac-12? I look, it, you're putting me on the spot as far as after this what game. Do here, it's hard pressed for me from a strength of team standpoint to put anybody above Colorado. No, that's not being being a homer. I know you see the Colorado flag behind me. That's not the point. The point is who is this best team in this conference right now? And I do think. Playing right now, it's Colorado. I think Oregon has a very strong case for it Mm -hmm. because the Ducks are also playing fantastic basketball. The problem is with their lack of sample size, they are going to get less national attention than some other teams. But you look at both USC and UCLA. UCLA now drops a game, USC on a two-game skid. Mm -hmm. Neither of them played very well in this mountain stretch. And that's tough, especially because they both have to go and play each other um, later on as well. So that's going to you know, wear them down a little bit. So if I have to pick one team right now, I'd really be hard pressed to say not that, that it's not going to be Colorado. And, and as you know, we see, you know, Buster a lot to go dancing teamrankings.com. They have bracketology reports and I'm all about the science. I'm all about the statistics. Mm-hmm. Colorado right now is ranked as a hundred percent chance to make the March madness NCAA tournament. Again, that is not a exact science, but that's pretty darn good. 
Uh, so, yeah. and it also a 28% chance to get the auto bid. So they also believe that Colorado is a good chance in the tournament as well. Henry, I mean, where are you at? It, it seems like it, it's honestly a crapshoot. You could close your eyes and pick a hat and that team is likely to win the PAC 12 tournament at this point. Seriously. And, and to me, my thought process is, well, I think USC is really good. They have length that a lot of teams can't match up with. I think that they probably deserved to run the conference the way that they did all season. Eh, I don't know. That might be a bit of a stretch, but that's where I look, especially because I know I was really intrigued by Oregon when they came back and they looked really good and they still do look good. They, they look good today, but they did just get blown out by USC. What? Six, five days ago, six days ago. Yeah. And, and that's not something you can just forget. And, and so to me, you look through and you say, okay, obviously Colorado's in the conversation. Those other teams are in the conversation. And to me, USC is probably the team that I'd take over the other two if I had to make a bet on them. And when you compare USC and Colorado, Colorado beat them twice this yep. season. USC didn't even hang with them the second game. I mean, I think that the answer at this point to me probably has to be Colorado. Um, yeah, as crazy as that sounds, talking about a team that's lost to the two worst teams in the <laughs> Pac-12, I think that it is Colorado. And and that's going to be their, not their Achilles heel, but that's the blemish on the tournament resume. You know, when you look at what losses they have, you know, their quadrant three is really going to knock them down from a potential seed line because of those two losses. But they have now done enough to to really get them firmly back in that position. I want to real quick talk about how many times have we had a Saturday night podcast where we're saying, God, this team looks so great on Thursday, and they couldn't finish the back end. They did it. They did it. Monday morning when the AP poll drops, this team should be top 20. Will they be? Probably not. But this is a team that is playing as a top 20 team in the entire country right now. They swept two fantastic basketball programs, both historically and currently. Um, And and it it just – it's time for the AP poll to start reflecting what we're going to see in the net and the Kempom. Net and Kempom, the two tools that the selection committee is going to use the most, or supposedly to help decide ties and rankings and whatnot, they love Colorado. And after tonight, they're going to be probably top 15, if not flirting with top 10 in both of those metrics. This is such a great time for Colorado to be hot. And it, if they win against Arizona State, and they're now heading into the tournament on, on a, what, four-game win streak, couple very nice wins. It doesn't even matter if they lose in the first round, quite frankly, because if Seriously. you're riding that – because also brackets are going to be more or less decided at that point. The biggest part about these conference tournaments are just deciding these auto bids to see who needs to be an at-large. So realistically, I, I, I'm i very high on this Colorado team right now. I, I agree with you. When, when you look at how their rankings are going to break down, they still might finish third or fourth in the conference. But head-to-head, you love them against USC. They've now split against UCLA. They've played close against them on the road. They just beat them handily at home. And then Oregon, you also split with. So I think you feel great about the top of that. And any team below them, that's when it just is a toss-up because Colorado is so flaky against bad teams. But, again, you're really loving where you're at if you are a Colorado Buffs fan right now. Seriously, it, they're in they're in a very good spot, and you know they're not in the best spot because UCLA or is UCLA still number one after tonight? 
They might be back to tied with USC. Yep, tied. So USC would get that yeah. nod. Um, but again, doesn't even matter because that matchup is on the 6th, I believe. So it should be Saturday. next Saturday. Yep. Yep, it's on Saturday. I know that for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, you could ask for a little bit more, I guess. But if you did, I would probably say, well, your, your Colorado Buffaloes haven't finished top four in the Pac-12 ever. So you you take what's happening right here. Yeah. Um, Real quick, I'd like to talk, you know, just since we're covering it all, it's not necessarily questions, but in the chat, Elrod right now, right now, Buff's got to be a six or a seven seed. And then he chimes in right mm-hmm. after and says, if they win the conference tourney five seed, you can let's, get higher, I think. let's honestly, let's give our Lenardi predictions on, you know, what Pac-12 teams are going to be in this thing. Let's talk a little bracketology and where do you put them? For me, I still think USC is flirting on the four or five line. Mm-hmm. I think the fact that they have Evan Mobley, means that they're going to get that bump because he's so good and projected so high. For me, Colorado right now is a six seed. Now, my rankings never reflect national pundits. I think right now they're truly going to end up a seven seed. Um, And if they win the tournament, they probably do get up to a six or a seven, or I'm sorry, a a five or a six. And then below them, UCLA probably an eight, Oregon probably an eight or a nine. But still, if you're going to get four teams in there, if they're all single-digit seeds, I think you feel good about that. Stanford, after that loss today, they need, they need the auto bid uh, more than anybody else. Big game Wednesday. Yes. That's what I'll say. Big game Wednesday at USC. You got to be happy to have something to play for at the very least. Because, yep. again, in case you forgot about all of the six games that the Buffs need specific results from, this is one of them, and they need a Stanford win. Stanford also really needs the win. Yeah, I agree that the, the path is very difficult unless they get an auto bid. Um, as it stands now, what they're gonna they're gonna get a buy, play. I mean, still probably likely Colorado in the second round, maybe Oregon. Either way, I don't expect them to win. Yeah, no, <laughs> definitely don't expect them to win. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at, at least. Is they probably do need to auto bid, but then looking at the top, I, I think conference tournament winner, assuming it is one of USC. Or Colorado, I'd probably, I think, I think that five seed, four seed was right there for them. Um, I'd probably not any higher than that. Um, the loser, I, I think, if USC doesn't win, I think that they probably wind up seven, six, probably was where I'd have them. And Colorado, you're probably looking at honestly the same thing. Seven, six depends on how things go in the tournament. Do they win a couple games? Is it ugly? And then with UCLA and Oregon, you'd love for them to be single digit seeds. And and I think that UCLA probably is, but they've still got a couple games left and they aren't against opponents that are just going to roll over. So they're not locked into anything, but as it stands now, I think that they're still looking at like an eight, that uh, giving Oregon a single digit seed is tough for me right now, though. It's it's tough, but yeah. they still have more games left than anybody. So I, I think that they, if they if they keep winning, they'll probably get up there. Yeah, I, I mean, you know what they've got left? They they've got Arizona, UCLA, Oregon State. If if you are a Docs fan, uh, you know, not sure how you wandered onto the post game show, but you really do feel optimistic that you can go three and zero on that. Look, I I'm not big on Arizona this year. Um, I, they just they're they're too flaky. They're not the same Wildcats team, you know, that they normally are. And I think the fact that they have that postseason ban, I mean, you're just playing for pride. And 
that's not really how Coach Miller uh, coaches guys. They they have the Kentucky strategy where you come for a year and go pro. So that's not really a, a big deal for them. And then, you know, Oregon State, that's another game where if you're an Oregon fan, got to have that one. So really it's just that UCLA matchup. And if Oregon beats UCLA, that I do think is enough to propel them to a single-digit seed. Even if they lose that game and still finish 2-1, and one, Oregon is still making the tournament. Um, I, I don't think there's any question about it. I don't know how some people don't have them in the field at this point. They are still more talented than – I mean, they are not the 69th worst team in this country. So, Yep. Yep, I agree. Um, you brought up Arizona. They're flaky. Going to need it to be an on night on Monday if you're the Buffs <laughs> and you're still hoping to, to finish number one. That's the first game, by the way, um, that Colorado needs. The next one up is 7 o'clock Monday. Need Arizona to beat Oregon. If that happens, then we'll talk about what they need from there. Um, yeah. But that's really probably enough about the future. When, when Henry outlined all of these picks in, in his article last week, I'm pretty sure you put money on this as an actual parlay. If you sprinkle even a quarter on this parlay, I'm sure the payout would be hundreds Seriously. of dollars at DraftKings Sportsbook. Everything worked out well for Colorado, and them winning their games definitely helped. But going into this week, I think there were there were 10 games that they needed to, to get right. And then the Pac-12 added a few more games to the schedule. Now that we're sitting here, it's down to six. Tough to complain. Tough to complain. Um, let's just talk a little bit more about this game that actually happened tonight. I think we might have gotten a little bit carried away with, with what's on the way. Um, but we're going to do just a little bit more of that. And then we're going to be taking all your questions. Um, so make sure you get those questions in. Make sure you uh, like, subscribe on YouTube. Um, if you want to throw like five stars on the DMVR Buffs podcast where you listen, wouldn't mind that either. Um, but that might be getting a little bit greedy. Um, while you do that, though. Oh, boy. This is going to be a fun one. Um, Manscaped. Uh, <laughs> back with DNVR. And it's perfect that we get like an after hours Manscaped read. There's just nothing better. There's just nothing better than knowing that you're taking care of yourself. And whether, you know, for me, I struggle with the eating habits. I, I ate uh, just this week. I, I downed a whole thing of uh, the like lemon Oreos. I downed like the frosted <laughs> cookies. I had a big bag of sun chips this week. I probably went through four or five Lunchables. I mean, it's it's not great stuff for me. Some dino nuggets. <laughs> That's where I really struggle. And I'm able to focus all my effort into trying to eat better. Make sure you go to the gym because I know that I'm taking care of myself below the belt because of manscaped their perfect package 3.0 includes a whole bunch of awesome things including the lawnmower 3.0 trimmer yes plastic blades are clutch very good point from nick brown that is a very good point but yeah and the, the point of the trimmer there's a whole bunch of great things um it has a little light that turns on when you turn it on doesn't sound like it's important trust me it is um you get the uh crop preserver the crop cleanser the the crop reviver all different things. They'll just make you feel like you're your best self. So make sure that you uh, check out manscaped.com. Specifically, that perfect package 3.0 because it comes with everything that you could want. And you can use the code DMVR20 at checkout to get not only 20% off, but also free shipping from manscaped.com. Again, that's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com when you use the code DMVR20. So Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. All right. Um, again, we're about to get into the questions. Keep throwing those in there. 
But first, uh, outside of kin, give me give me three stars from tonight, Ben. That's my question. You know, it, it's so interesting because on a night where you come away with such a great victory, where do you start? I'm going to start with Jariah Horn. He look, he didn't shoot as well as he did, you know, against USC. I mean, for for Christ's sake, how could he? You know, it yeah. was such a fantastic game, but several key moments. First one, getting that tip in basket right before halftime, fan, fantastic. Look, I thought I thought Batty would have had the foul on that one. I really thought he was going to get the call, and the fact that the ball just rolled and Jariah Horn just with that chef's kiss, you know, flicks that one in there, mm-hmm. gets Colorado within one, and, and that you know that just helps. It helps you with uh, a boost going into halftime. You point back to Tristan Silva three, um, you know, going into the half. Stuff like that really helps. And then also another timely three late in the game, um, and and another one that got waved off because of a a foul on the floor. Even though that that last three got called off, you could still feel the momentum. I mean, this team at that point was rolling. They had that look in their eyes where they're ready to go. So that has got to be my first stars, Jariah Horn. Stepping up in a major way and in a different way than he needs to. You know, this team, sometimes they need him to go out there and get 10, 15 rebounds. They might need him to drop 20 points. Tonight, it was just to be that presence and be that weapon and threat on the floor. Yep. I think that's a good one. I'll throw one out there next. Uh, I'll go Tristan Da Silva. <laughs> I love it. I uh, Just as a uh, heads up to anybody who frequents this postgame show, going forward, I'm going to be a bit biased because I really, really like Tristan Da Silva. This isn't going to be the first time that I give him props. It's not going to be the last. I'm going to try to use my best judgment to find the right times. I, I just love the way he plays basketball. Like the, like the the passing, the shooting, those two things. If, if you know that you're getting that from a big, just, just awesome. Because he can provide other stuff too. He can, he can get his hand up in the air and contest some shots. But it's on the offensive end that I just get so excited. What would he finish today? One of one from three, three of three from the field. He had seven points in nine minutes. Plus one. No other stats registered. Just an, just so nice to see him out boost. there playing sharp. And there was a moment, you know, his shot has really developed well. Not just mm-hmm. his percentage, but just his confidence. But tonight, he's in the lane uh, right around uh, the arc. Leans in with his right shoulder and then turns and finishes with his left. It was such a mature move. It was so polished. And and it's a move that you don't do as a freshman unless you're confident in it. Because Mm -hmm. this is a night where both Dallas Walton and Evan Batty have been tremendously struggling from the floor, especially near the rim. So these are guys that are clanking inbound, you know, shots off the the back iron. And you're Tristan Silva just going in there smooth, controlled, and finishing with the left. I – this kid is going to be good. This front court is going to be good. And, you know, we talked about what's going to happen when Jabari Walker comes back. I'm not sure he's fully back just yet. He looks a little rusty. And, you know, that rust was knocked off a bit on that big block. But the point is, is Tristan Silva, yeah. he's not saying, you know what, Jabari's back. I'll wait till next year. He says, no, I can play on this team. I can make that impact still, even with Jabari on the floor. That's just what you love to see. He He's really – been a bright spot over the back half of this season yeah and you know it's definitely obvious that tristan da silva has the confidence okay we're gonna pause i I shouldn't keep pausing the middle of sentences but then i remember that jabari block that you just brought up my goodness it was nasty 
I mean, I don't know what you're doing trying to get a shot off from like right here while falling away. I just realized I can't do that. Then still be heard. <laughs> but, but but with Jabari right there, there was no chance that that was going to the rim. Like Jabari could have blocked that with his elbow if he wanted to. And and just to be reminded that that is who he is. Again, in the same way that Tristan De Silva, you like how crafty he is. You like when he can shoot three pointers. With Jabari, he can test shots. And he can block some shots. And that is just something you know that you have. It seems like night in and night out. And and that's really cool. But at the same time, though, again, we're talking about Tristan De Silva, the confidence staying in the rotation. As I mentioned, he played nine minutes tonight. Jabari Walker, working back from injury, still not 100%. Only 10 minutes, though. And and I, I do think that that's going to go up uh, once we get into the postseason. And it might be... Tristan De Silva's minutes that he's taking, maybe not, I mean, not all of them, I don't think, but a, a few, maybe a few from who else played a lot tonight. Wow. It's really tough to find more minutes from this. Game. <laughs> yeah. uh, wow. But, but yeah, I mean, I, I do think that they're Jabari. Jabari is certainly ahead of Tristan De Silva in the rookie or freshman power rankings, however you want to say it, but the gap is closing. Tristan looks real nice. Yep, absolutely. And, and real quick, just a tie bow on this. My last star shout-out of the night, Evan Batty, look, he did not shoot well from the floor. And early on, his touch was off. There's no ifs, ands, buts about it. He's got to be more efficient from the floor, especially because that's his bread and butter. Being above 50% for Evan Batty is so huge for this team's offense. But eight for nine from the free throw line, and a lot of those coming late in the game. And you combine that with his rebounding, and again, his energy and his excitement, that it's it's just again it's one of those incalculable things. Um, you love to see him still get into double digits in a game where he did not shoot well from the floor because it just shows he is more robust in in his kind of offensive arsenal. Yeah, I agree. Let's jump into uh, some of these questions. Let's do it. Um, let's go up to the top. Looks like uh, oh, what senior players are eligible and likely to return to the Buffs next year because of the special eligibility waiver? It's it's all the seniors, right, Ben? Yep, everybody's eligible. I, you know, this brought got brought up in our members Discord today during the game. I'll be honest, I am in the camp where I think the end of this season really depends who's going to come back. Look, Ken Artie's not coming back. He tweeted out this was his last run at Coors, mm-hmm. but for guys like Jerry Horn. He's a guy that, you know, we talked about. He could really make it in the Euro League because he's going to have the size over some of those guys and he's got the shooting potential. But maybe he's a guy that wants to stick around and make one more NCAA tournament run because, quite frankly, this team is still going to be good next year. There yep. are a lot of pieces that you love that are going to come back regardless of which, which of these seniors do. And we've already seen from players in Colorado's athletic program, when you look at the football team and you look at that defense – They've already made sacrifices to come back because they believe. So guys like Jariah Horn, I could see Deshaun Schwartz maybe coming back as well. Those are guys that their pro potential is handicapped to Europe. But with that in mind, maybe they say, screw it, let's make one more run. Because for McKinley Wright, it's different. He's going to make the NBA. He's going to make an NBA roster. If you're a guy that's just, oh, absolutely. I think his his on-ball defense, I think, is enough to just get him on a roster. Whether or not he's drafted or not, I think really depends, but he'll make he'll a get a shot. He'll definitely yeah. get a shot. So, yeah. but for some of these EuroLeague guys, maybe they say, screw it. I want to be, you know, in the spotlight one more year. 
I would love to do that. You know, if I know that I'm kind of going overseas and then I'm just going to kind of be out of the limelight, why not take one more run at it? But I do think yeah. it'll be a little bit tough to tell depending on how the season ends. Yeah, I, I think that that's a good point. And I had just been thinking, you know, Dry has nothing left to prove, you know, in, unless he's all of a sudden going to like grow three inches or something. <laughs> we have seen, I would have to believe the best from dry horn. The man is shooting over 45% from three this season. He's doing all sorts of other things. If he's coming back, it's not to say like, guess what guys, there's a little bit more in the tank. It, it, it would be saying I'm I'll take another year. I'm enjoying this. I'm having a good time. I don't necessarily, I know maybe I am losing one year of professional basketball salary in Europe. I'm gaining a year in Boulder. And yeah. that's not the worst thing that could happen. So no, I, I do think that's a good point, but I do think that he's probably gone. Um, next question, Alyssa Fleury. Uh, are the buffs a part of March Madness? Uh, we talked about that a lot. And the answer is, yeah, they are. Yep. <laughs> um, Peter Plummer. Yes. but Oh, yeah. there's Oh, there it is. Will fans be allowed at the conference tournament? Uh, I believe it's uh, family members only this year, which is too bad. Also media, but... You, unless you have a connection you haven't told us about, Peter, you don't get to go. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Um, um, let's see. What's next? Is Hank going for the arcade look? You keep I mean, touching them when I'm trying to ch- answer the question. I thought you were talking to Adam. I, I, I thought that was done. Literally, every time I click it, you like take it away. I'm Sorry. like, okay, well, why am I here? <laughs> Oops. Ali has to come on and bench me. It's okay, guys. My feet are like, all right, now we're good. Every time I'm like, oh, oh, never, oh, never mind. Okay. Yep. Uh, Tank over the arcade look. Of course, who wouldn't? It's the best look there is. All right. Uh, next question. Uh, Peter, again, does Tad have a chance at Pac 12 Coach of the Year? No lottery picks on the roster predicted to finish seventh. That's so, a good question. That is. And that's not something I've thought about at all. Um, so UCLA lost Chris Smith, which is worth some points for uh, the coach whose name is Mick, Mick Cronin. Cronin. There we go. That took me <laughs> far too long. Uh, but yeah, he, I mean, that, that'll that help him. Um, whoever finishes first in the Pac-12, they'll obviously be a part of the conversation. But you look at what Tad's done. And again, it's it's the same thing. How much? How, how disappointed are you that they lost a couple of games they shouldn't have lost. And and does that reflect on the coach? They might say so, I guess. Um, but you'd have to think at the very least, Tad Boyle's right in the race. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. I, th- I think I'd give him even odds with either of the other two top guys. Yep. Maybe, I, I, ooh, here's the question, though. Actually, well, I'll get you the question after. No, I want to hear first. I want to hear first. Okay. Um, how about Oregon? Do, do you get bonus points for going through the the breaks they've been through or Stanford's coach probably not in it just because you know they they aren't at the top but they did have to play half their season in a different state so see that's a good point the the Stanford point is big but quite frankly I think they got enough of a bump because they those games were determined neutral court games um by the conference and the NCAA so that completely changes their tournament resume and even with that, I still don't think it's enough. I think it's between the LA guys and Tad Boyle. And again, right now, I wouldn't be surprised if it was Tad Boyle because also I think this is an award that I wouldn't be surprised if they want to mix it up because this is kind of similar to 
you know, LeBron could be the MVP every single season. Mick Cronin is the best basketball coach in this conference. He's one of the best basketball coaches in the entire country. So you could give him that award every year, and realistically, it'd be justified. So I wouldn't be surprised if you might see it go to USC or Colorado, just kind of depending on how the rest of the season shakes out. But you're absolutely right. I believe it was Peter who said that. He's absolutely in that conversation. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. Um, next, from D. Nick the Real Big. Wait, Oreos and Manscaping in the same sentence? What are we doing here? This is the DMVR Buffs post game, and that's kind of what we do here. Uh, next question. Uh, Fly by Cygnus 2112. First question, Ben, what are you wearing? It's a very good question. And he a- answered the question himself just a little bit. But it's a, all right. It, look, I'll, I'll model for a sec here. All right. It, officially licensed. Okay. And I don't know if you can tell, but I have worked off the chicken nuggets from the Nugget Challenge on Thursday night. So I do that. see the, I do see the uh, preacher thing with. Well, it, see, this, it, this, this is in case, this is in case I get scared in public. So I can just pull that up real quick, you know? Only your mouth gets scared? Yeah. <laughs> huh. Okay. <laughs> um, um, let's see. Was this the best slash most memorable game for Ken? I mean, it's going to be right up there. It's yep. the end of his career. It's it's the second to last game in Boulder. I think it's still technically senior night, even though there is one more game. It's very much in the conversation. Is it the best game? Well, let's think back. Thursday, he put up uh, 21. That was that was a real good game for him. Yeah. Um, you want to go back a few games before that? It was the uh, fourteen nine and nine, just about got a triple double. I mean, you crazy. could you could make a case for probably 10, 15 games to be right there at the very top. It's going to take something special to actually be the number one game. Something special like Senior Night. The fact that you just willed this team past again. I said this earlier, but. Nobody made multiple shots in the first half for Colorado, except for McKinley Wright. That is an actual stat. They all just made one or didn't make any. Kin did all of that himself and kept it within one point in the number one team in the Pac-12. I, this this has to be in that conversation at the very least. Yeah, I, it, it's going to be tough to, to decide. I mean, when you have a career where you're now sixth in scoring, leading in assists, 1750, 600, and 600, there are a lot of great games. Um, and there are a lot of great games this year. You touched on a few. Also, 21 points, 10 assists, or I'm sorry, 10 rebounds against Oregon way back in early January. But the fact that this was senior night at the end of the season against UCLA, I I, I wouldn't be hard-pressed to, to rank any above it just because of the emotion and also because this kind of ties a bow on his year of, of just pretty much willing Colorado. Whenever they needed somebody, he just went on there and was Superman, you know, and that moment when he dove for a loose ball and he got kind of rolled up on and, and flipped over, I mean, that's painful. You know, that's a shock to your knees and then you land on the floor. I mean, that's painful. And he pops up, obviously wincing in pain, but this is a guy that can take a lick and get up from it. It's also a guy who put up 21, 8, and 5 in an upset win over number four Oregon, though, against Peyton Pritchard. So <laughs> there's another one for you. They'll just keep coming. Um, Henry Zimanoff. Hey, that's my name. Uh, not the second half, but uh, what does that win mean for Colorado and the seeding for the conference tournament? Means a lot of good things. Um, we talked about this earlier. You can go back and watch for more details. Um, but we think that they're on a seven seed. If they want to get hot, they want to win the Pac 12 tournament, five seed. You want to stretch things a little bit? Maybe they could get up into the four seed, but again, you're you're stretching a bit. Yep. Um, 
Ooh, here's a good question from D Nick the Real Big. Sorry, do we need to define extrapolate for Ben? It's kind of a big word. Ben, do you need me to explain extrapolate to you? No. In the context of D Nick the Real Big, <laughs> the very first comment he said was great point about efficiency with Tristan. Extrapolate that across expanded minutes, and I'm excited. Extrapolate wow. that would mean to extend those statistics over a full game. We were talking about that all season with taking Jabari's 15 a night and expanding, or I'm sorry, extrapolating those statistics. Ooh. You know, I may be young, but uh, I won my share of spelling bees growing up. So, I actually and took dead last in the spelling bees. Nothing to do with dictionary, but you know, it is what it is. Very true. Very <laughs> true. Um, let's see. Um, I forgot again. one thing you're not talking about with these super seniors is the team moving on, hashtag scholarships, and I don't think we've actually heard what that's going to look like. So, on the football side, for example, how everything played out was the coaches were told you're you're going to be able to bring these guys back next year. And then they said, well, how's that going to work if you don't have enough scholarships? And they said, well, next year we just won't have a scholarship limit. And as it stands right now, it looks like you're just going to jump right back into a scholarship limit in 2022 on the football side. That, that 85 number, not even like 90, so that because there's going to be fallout all the way through, it'll bounce out a little bit. No, um, there's going to be problems with that on the football side, on the basketball side. We just have to see how things play out. As far as I know, they haven't been, they haven't made those decisions yet. Um, but it, it could be a similar situation where they just say, you know what, next year there's no scholarship limit. And yes. then you're good to go. Uh, fly by Cygnus two one one two. Is this the kind of go oh, the kind of game? I think you meant <laughs> gotcha. Um, that puts the soft narrative to bed for the squad. Yeah, Kin played hero ball, but they still pulled out a gnarly win against a good squad in the final stretch. And, you know, it should be said that the second half Kin was not first half Kin. The second half Kin was still plenty good enough and still very good, but he did have some help and, and guys did step up. And although you do love the, the Kin hero ball thing, I do think we saw some positive signs tonight and that was good that he brought it up. Um, does it put the soft narrative to bed? I never really thought they were soft. Uh, you could... What What is it... If anything, it might even be the opposite problem where if they could just, I don't know, maybe they're too locked in and that they take nights off when they can, when they play bad teams. I'm not so sure. I know to me, at least I'm not worried about the team being soft at all. I'm not worried about them, whatever. This is a good basketball team and they'll be good wherever they go. Yeah. And look, I mean, was the soft narrative, did that just pop up during the two game stretch? I'll be honest. I don't. I don't remember the soft narrative really having too much steam behind it. I think the narrative of closing, you know, and stuff like that, the narrative of, of being able to start slow and finish slow is definitely a, a big thing. But they look, there are a lot of narratives that they've kind of put to get so bed so far. You know, I mean, hell, I'm I'm gonna be the one to say it. They're not on a five game losing streak to end the season. They're they're kind of in the opposite position right now. So feeling good. Feeling good. All right. Um, looks like one more question and then a couple more things from Michael. Oh, that is good. It was important. Ben better show some respect to the queen of buffs media. I show you too, Peter. <laughs> I show plenty <laughs> of respect. I was simply trying to help out, um, a colleague who looked like she was having a different conversation, you know, I have produced two shows at the same time tonight. So I was like off and on busy, but I was paying attention to you guys. Oh. And you've done a great job. 
that she has. I and the Av show was <laughs> kick ass. The Nuggets show was kick ass before that. So it's a it's a full night. For those of you who don't know, all the Denver teams won today. We're we're really riding high. This is a good winners uh, winners lounge to steal that from the Nuggets guys. Definitely. Um, how do the Buffs match up with ASU from Peter Plummer? Then, I mean, um, let me start with McKinley Wright, Remy Martin. That is the matchup that we all want to see uh, for what could be the final time. Oh, I'm fired up. I'm fired up. I'm sure Ken's going to be fired up. I'm sure Remy's going to be fired up. It's going to be a lot of fun. What else is going on, Ben? I mean, it, it does start with Remy Martin because, quite mm-hmm. frankly, you know, ASU's offense really runs through him. But Remy Martin is not a efficient guy. He is a he's going to put up a lot of numbers and he's going to put them up in some ugly ways. Um, he's only shooting 35% from three, 46% from the floor of the season, but that is wildly inconsistent night overnight. So really you could catch him shooting seven of 10 or seven of 40. It really depends for him. Arizona State has so many weapons. Alonzo Verge, you know, um, just look through here. Christopher, those are all guys that are going to be averaging double digits. Um, and then, oh, what's the other guy? Tashawn uh, Cherry. He's another guy that's going to scare you a bit. They've got the weapons, but that's been the story with Arizona State all year. Can Bobby Hurley get these guys to play cohesively and and play collectively? They haven't so far. Um, They haven't really been all that tight early on. They got a little bit better as the season goes on, but look, this is a 9-11 team. I was hell-bent that they would split this L.A. series. I just thought it would be too unrealistic of an expectation to expect them to sweep two good schools when you're now playing Arizona State, doesn't matter what's happened in the past. This is a must-win game because flex your muscles on a worse team. Go take care of business. That would be nice to finally do. Um, <laughs> ooh, here's a good one. Hey, Gerding, how's your Saturday night going? You know, I'm vibing. I am. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm vibing right now. Uh, no, Allie, Allie brings up the shout out for herself, but not oh. the comment we're talking about. Okay, Allie, I see you. Super producer, <laughs> super producer. If Kale's a super producer, would that mean that Allie ma- married Kale? I don't know. Would, <laughs> it could, it, I don't know. I mean, that's, that might be how the title works. I'm not too sure. Um, one more thing to talk about. Uh, again, from Five I Sickness Two One One Two, relating to the Tad Coach of the Year convo. This is currently CU's highest win loss percentage in the Taboil era at seven thirty one. Yep, uh, that certainly helps. Um, last year, Buffs lost five in a row to close the year. Currently, they're six and two in the last eight. Pretty stark difference. Also true. And I think that what happens late in the year probably does get weighted more heavily. You would have to think. Yep. I mean, it's recency bias with, with this kind of stuff, because I I mean, if you're a, you know, selection committee, your job is to get these 68 best teams in college basketball together. So if you win your first 20 or your last 20, it, it, it really does impact what that perception is going to be. I mean, this is kind of the same way as it is in college football. I mean, you look at how how much Oklahoma bumped up late in the year because they put it together a little bit, or quite frankly, how much Florida dropped because of that loss to Alabama in the SEC championship game. It's all about who's hot, you know, whenever they are. Um, and so, sorry, I'm just reading more comments from Peter Plummer. But, yeah, uh, it, it definitely matters when you win these games, and that's why Colorado doing it right now is super important. And I think this is a good good point to end on. Allie is more of a doctorate producer while Kale is on the master's level. Yep. I agree. You are Dr. Allie now. 
and we will enjoy that forever. <laughs> All right, uh, that's going to do it for today. We'll be back after the Buffs play Arizona State on Thursday. Ben's going to be on the DMVR Buffs podcast with me at some point this week before then to preview the game. Make sure you stay tuned for that. Also, the rest of the DMVR Buffs podcast, if you like me and not just Ben. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of the plan for the week. We'll see you guys on Thursday. And again, though, Monday, the first game. We need uh, what? Did I say Oregon? No, that's a Stanford game. That's yes. a Stanford-USC game? Stanford. No, Oregon-Arizona. Oregon-Arizona is Monday. That, oh, that that's Monday? Okay. Monday. Yeah. God, this is so confusing. Uh, the Pac-12 did us no favors. The good news is it will only get less confusing because either <laughs> Arizona will beat Oregon and there will only be five games that Colorado needs or Oregon will beat Arizona and Colorado can't win the Pac-12 anymore. So that'll be nice to deal with either way. But hopefully Arizona pulls it out. Uh, I'm sure we'll all be watching. We'll see you guys on Thursday. 